Yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. I always get a kick out of that intro voiced by Ryan Treasure, VP. I call him VP of everything at Voice America Radio, and he's my co-producer. Welcome, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Very happy to be here. We have two buzz quotes today to introduce my topic today. I'm going to start with a quote I found from IndustryWeek.com. Listen up, and then I'll have another quote. Then I'll tell you who my fantastic panelists are. Wait till you learn from us today. So here's the quote from IndustryWeek.com. The factory of the future has an evolving definition, even different names. Some call it smart manufacturing, Industry 4.0, or the digital enterprise. Perhaps manufacturing will at last be able to leave behind the public impressions of labor-intensive, dirty, and dangerous work sites. Oh, I hope so. There are only one characteristic of the factory of the future that is essential. Listen up. A creative mindset for problem-solving and out-of-the-box thinking is key to embracing new technologies. Stubborn adherence to traditional processes, dot, 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 will cause serious roadblocks. So we've got some definitions, we've got a creative mindset definition, and we've got a warning. Now let me read another quote from cio.economictimes.indiatimes.com. Thank goodness for long URLs. Here we go. Industry 4.0, smart manufacturing, the next industrial revolution, whatever you might want to call it, is more than just a flashy catchphrase. The idea of connected manufacturing or smart factory is becoming increasingly pervasive. Not a utopia, but reality. Reports pegged the smart factory industry to touch USD $215 billion, that's with a B, dollars by 2025, and there is no major economy in the world that is not embracing it. So there we have it. Guess what? We're talking not just about the factory of the future and Industry 4.0 today. We're talking about the future of the factory of the future because this is technology revolution, the future of now. And let me tell you who I'm going to be speaking with today. I'm so excited to have them. We'll be speaking in a moment to Marty Groover, Derek Dyer, and Matthew Stemmler at C5MI, and Don Young at YASH, Y-A-S-H Technologies, and C5MI. We're going to get their take on the future of the factory of the future. So welcome. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Thrilled to be here. And let's kick this off with my my panelists introducing themselves briefly. Marty Groover, you've been on many Game Changers radio shows with me, but I think this is your first time on TechRev. So welcome. And Marty, in case there's somebody around the world who doesn't know who you are, God forbid. Why don't you tell them what, what you do and what your role is at C5MI. Go ahead, Marty, and welcome. Sure. Good morning, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm Marty Groover. I'm a partner in C5MI. I'm a retired naval officer, and I worked in industrial manufacturing for about 12 years before we started C5MI in 2018. And I have to tell you, I have the best job in the world because I get to work with industry experts to create intelligent digital solutions for our global customers. And I have to tell you, in everything we do at C5MI, we believe in challenging the status quo. And we're different because we simplify complexity by converging people, process, and technology into a single trusted system of truth. And we do that through our four service lines, one of them being digital manufacturing with our live factory solutions, enterprise asset management with our digital reliability center maintenance, and then we have operational intelligence with our Illuminate real-time location tracking solutions, and finally, our Lean 4.0 process solution for supply chain and manufacturing. And with this end-to-end capability, we create a common operational pictures for the complex industrial 4.0 capabilities and really look to improve our uh, customers' outcomes with these new tools. So I'm excited to talk about factories of the future today with you. Thank you, Marty. Great expertise and always happy to speak with you. Let's move around the virtual table to Derek Dyer. Derek, welcome, and tell everybody who you are and what you do. What's your background? Uh, good morning, Bonnie. Derek Dyer. I am the managing partner and one of the founders of C5MI. I've had the incredible fortune of being in the IT game and probably more specifically the SAP game for, for a long time. 
And, and as I did that, I found myself always being a, a fairly aggressive adopter of new technology. I had uh, a IT executive uh, leadership roles inside of two Fortune 100 companies. And it's hard to believe that I'm going to say this, but back in 2013, seven years ago, I can't believe it. <clears throat> I was one of the first adopters of SAP HANA, and, and I've found ways to really leverage technology to transform businesses. And Marty did a, did a great job of explaining what we do at C5MI. And I'm thrilled today to be able to talk about this because this, this wonderful opportunity of technology to make manufacturing supply chain better, it's here and uh, the future is now. So thanks, Bonnie. I'm thrilled to be here. It's exciting. I love the way you got the subtitle of my show in there. Very well done, Tarek. Very smooth. I like that a lot. Um, it is exciting. And when you said hard to believe seven years ago, it's hard to believe anything. I, you remember, perhaps, uh, a couple of people on this call remember Y2K. We thought the world would stop, right? And a lot of other world events that happened that we have survived and technology has been helping us move forward. So thank you, Derek. Pleasure to have you. Matthew Stemler, why don't you introduce yourself, please? What do you do? Who are you? Thank you, Bonnie. Yes, I'm Matthew Stemler and the Director of Operational Intelligence at C5MI. Our team focuses on creating solutions that improve business outcomes uh, by handling if people aren't familiar with the DMAIC process. It's a Six Sigma methodology for improving. So our solutions are designed to handle the define, measure, and analyze so the client or who's ever using the solution can focus on the improve and control. And I want to uh, really hammer out the point about the business outcomes because with operational intelligence, it's not about just putting technology for technology's sake. It's about understanding the importance of the business outcomes and then applying the appropriate technology stack to get that to happen. And prior to that, I held uh, numerous roles in manufacturing, execution and support roles, new product introduction at a a Fortune 100 manufacturer as well. So excited to be here, excited to join the panel and and talk about the future of the future of manufacturing. Thank you, Matthew. Very well done. You were at Caterpillar, weren't you? Yeah, yes, I was. I was at Caterpillar for about about 14 years. Great experience. And uh, so far, C5I experience has been just as great. I'm very happy to hear that. It's always good to have a career you love. And let's move on around the table to my fourth panelist, Don Young. Don, please introduce yourself, and then you and I have something to talk about. So, Don, tell us what's your background, please. Great, Bonnie. Thank you. Like Marty, I come from a military background with really years of experience in command control with integrated weapon systems and really being able to see the future yesterday, utilizing those sensors and creating that common operating pictures for a global view of, of what we were doing in the military. Uh, this combined with the experience of leading a Fortune 100 company. Initially, I started as a, a manufacturing engineer, moved into a factory manager, then ultimately a, a global product owner. And really, all of this helped us get to where we are today, uh, is really understanding the impact you can have with real data on live factory and your supply chain. Uh, today, I'm the CEO of Gas Technologies America, and additionally, a managing partner at C5MI. And we're really super glad to be here with you today, Bonnie. Thank you very much, Don. And Don, I have an announcement to make. You know what I'm going to talk about. I am excited to announce to my audience that Yash Technologies and C5MI will be joining me here on the Business Channel every Wednesday in the month of May. We're in 2020, still in 2020, at 2 p.m. Eastern for four live weekly webinars on Zoom. And we're going to have the audio streaming live here on the Voice America Business Channel talking about topics that are very, very, very right now impactful for our global business audience. Don, would you just take us through a little bit of what we're going to be talking about on those webinars and how people can get invited to be in the Zoom webinar? Go ahead, Don Young. Great. Sure, Bonnie. We're excited as well. So every Wednesday in the month of May, your global audience will be able to hear Yash Technologies and C5MI's thought leaders share with you really practical ways businesses can reemerge from this pandemic shutdown and really find more effective and efficient ways to drive value. Things we're going to talk about is like IMS and managing your IT infrastructure. We're going to talk some about S4. And if some of your listeners may not know, this is really an integrated ERP system that runs on an in-memory database. We're going to talk about enterprise application support and AMS and that next gen. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk again about Live Factory and really running business in real time 
and how you can do that effectively and get a quick ROI. We're going to talk about Deliverable uh, Digital Reliability Center of Maintenance, or DRCM. And this is really all about predictive maintenance by running a factory on reactive maintenance. And lastly, we're going to talk a lot about the digital workplace and how we're leveraging Microsoft technologies today in all areas of your business, again, to drive value. And the key focus is here coming from that operational background, whether it was the military or whether it was with that global manufacturer, it's really Mm -hmm. about getting ROI and getting it quickly. Thank you, Don. Very excited about all of this. I know Derek will be on some of these and Marty and uh, I believe Matthew and you and other members of Yash and C5MI on these webinars. And I don't, I've never hosted a webinar that went out live over a radio channel at the same time. That's going to be very interesting for all of us. Don, if somebody wants to get an invitation, a password, an invitation to be actually in the webinar room virtually on Zoom, can they contact you directly? Absolutely. Just email me at Donald, D-O-N-A-L-D dot Young, Y-O-U-N-G at Yash dot com or reach out to me on LinkedIn. Either way, we'll get you to the webinar. And I'll spell Yash. It's Y-A-S-H. So it's Donald.Young at Y-A-S-H dot com. Thank you, Don. Very excited about that. Let's go to the part of the show right now where I ask my panelists, I ask them in advance to send me a quote about the future from a person, a book, a movie, a song. And I have some very interesting quotes. Uh, let me start with Marty Groover, your first next sitting next to me. Did you know you're sitting next to me on the virtual table, Marty? I can, <laughs> I'm glad to be. I am, too. I am, too. Well, you're my favorite because I've known you the longest. I don't want anybody to get upset about that. I love you all. So Marty has sent us a quote from Ray Kroc. Anybody doesn't know, that's Raymond Albert Kroc, K-R-O-C, 1902-84, American fast food tycoon. He joined the California company McDonald's in 1954 after the McDonald Brothers, yes, there were McDonald Brothers, franchised six locations from their original operation back in 1940 in San Bernardino, California. This set the stage for the national expansion and became a global franchise. And it's McDonald's. Crack was included in Time 100, the most important people, 100 most important people of the century. And he amassed a multi-million dollar fortune. He also owned the San Diego Padres baseball team for 10 years from 74 until he passed away in 84. Here's the quote. And Marty, just take about a minute and a half to explain this because we got a lot to cover. Adversity can strengthen you if you have the will to grind it out. Marty Groover, what does this mean to our topic, future of the factory of the future? Well, I've been making the future factories and factories. I've been doing uh, Industry 4.0 projects, uh, Matthew and I did at Caterpillar since about 2017. And I can tell you, trying to build that future creates a lot of adversity. So you have to grind it out. You just have to keep committed to it. But once you get through it and the technology is there and the people are using it and it's improving their uh, daily work life, it's really worth it. So I, I really admire Ray Kroc. He started that business when he was in his 50s. So mm. you can do anything you want as long as you keep grinding it out. That's why I love that book. And that's what we're doing now, trying to help our customers. Thank you. Words of wisdom from Ray Kroc via via Marty Groover. Thank you, Marty. Derek Dyer sent me an interesting quote from Bill Waterston, Calvin, and Hobbes. Let me just read a little background here, Derek. William Boyd Waterston, Waterston, he's still around, born in 1958. I call him a young man. I'm allowed to say that. American former cartoonist and the author of the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes, which was syndicated for 10 years from 1985 to 95. He stopped drawing Calvin and Hobbes at the end of 1995 with a short statement to newspaper editors and his readers that said he felt he had achieved all he could in the media. We'll just leave it there. And here's the quote. The problem with the future is that it keeps turning into the present. Whoa, Derek, how does this apply to our topic today? Interesting quote. Bonnie, I chose this quote. It really resonated with me because it hits the point about how we're seeing this change happen so quickly. It's just this constant rapid speed of change. And quite frankly, you snap your fingers and it seems like there's something new that's emerging from a technology perspective, both in the personal life and what we're talking about today in the professional life and in the context of, of manufacturing. It could be a new app. It could be something like this explosion of real-time computing capabilities like SAP HANA. And, and I say this, I, I see the quote-unquote future with the air quotes just hitting us faster than ever before. So I saw this quote, and it just really hit home because the, 
these technologies are hitting us faster than the business consume them. So quite frankly, I really do believe that the future is, is now. It's turning into the present, just like the quote says. Thank you. Love the quote. Appreciate it. First time we've had a Bill Watterson quote on the show, so I appreciate that, Derek. Matthew Stemmler has picked one of the most popular quotes on all of my shows today, Matthew, from Walt Disney. Anybody, God, anybody doesn't know. Walter Elias Disney, 1901 to 66, uh, was an American entrepreneur, animator, writer, voice actor. They had such long bios in those days, and film producer. He was a pioneer of the American animation industry, and he introduced developments in the production of cartoons. Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse. As a film producer, Disney holds the record for the most Academy Awards earned by any individual. He won 22 Oscars out of 59 nominations. Great batting average. Let's leave it at that. And several of his films are included in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. Here's the quote. And we love this one, Matthew. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Matthew, I hear that somebody in your family loves Walt Disney. You want to take it from there? Yeah, certainly, Bonnie. Appreciate it. Uh, yes, Disney is my wife's favorite place. In fact, that's where I proposed to her, so it's special to both of us. Aww. And so, couldn't pass up the opportunity to use uh, use one of Walt's quotes. And I chose it about how we're going to get to this future factory. As Derek just mentioned, hey, you snap your fingers, something new. That tells me no one really knows what's going to happen in the future for sure. But in order to get there, it's important to focus on a grand vision, a moonshot, if you will. And then to get started by doing it in small bites, akin to that elephant, one bite at a time mantra. And then as you're doing that, build upon those successes and really learn and and adjust and iterate as we go through this. Because really, I think for many of us, as we go down this journey and create these future factories, we're going to get there in maybe a different way than we expected because we're going to learn so much on this journey. And it's really important to understand not everything has to be a home run. Good things happen mm-hmm. when you put that ball in play. And in the end, it will be all about, it won't be about replacing the human element in business in these future factories, but it will be about replacing spreadsheets and clipboards with tablets and live data. Thank you. I did a show on financial excellence yesterday, and we talked about, some of my panelists said, a lot of companies are still using those spreadsheets, and they said, how can you predict, how can you analyze, how can you help a business move forward if you're checking spreadsheets on what happened, and you still need to look forward very quickly, especially today in a time where disruption is no longer new technologies, it's the world in disruption. Thank you, Matthew, very much appreciate that, and let's move to Don Young. Don sent us a quote from Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. Anybody doesn't know, oh my goodness, Dorothy Gale, fictional character created by American author L. Frank Baum as the main protagonist in many of his Oz novels. Dorothy first appears in Baum's classic 1900 children's novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and reappears in most of its sequels. Along with her small black dog, Toto, Dorothy is swept away by a tornado to the land of Oz, and they enter an alternative world filled with talking creatures, a little bit similar to Alice in Wonderland. Here's the quote. Toto, I've a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. I hope I did justice to that. Don, take about 60 seconds and tell me what that has to do with Factory of the Future. Go ahead. Great, Bonnie. Thank you. If you remember in the movie, Dorothy is awakened in a brand new world. She looks around, even physically in the movie, turns around and makes this famous quote as she acknowledges the obvious changes that are around her. She then verbalizes to her trusted partner, Toto, again, no, I know we're not in Kansas anymore. For us here at C5MI and Yas Technology, we really believe the acceleration of change has been increased even further with the pandemic. This is the obvious change that we believe that Dorothy is recognizing. This Mm -hmm. is no longer an early adopters game where a bunch of people rush in early and then find failure. This has really matured. If you want to achieve or maintain that position of leadership, if you're supply chain of manufacturing, we believe you must invest or evolve and evolve or be prepared to perish. In this new world, it is really about recognizing the changes and then absolutely driving to achieve those superior results in your manufacturing and supply chain. 
Thank you very much. Great quotes. Bravo to all of you. And now I'm going to take about 60 seconds to welcome our sponsor. We introduced them last week, and they're here again. It's Plume. Plume is a P-L-U-M-E, by the way, is a cloud-based software company specializing in a suite of smart home devices. Plume is more than just an evolution of what we know as mesh Wi-Fi. Plume offers hardware called Pods that provide Wi-Fi coverage throughout your house if you need it. It gives you great Wi-Fi and network security, and guess what? It's seamlessly integrated with your existing network. And I have a personal note here. Ryan Treasure, the voice of the opening on this show, my co-producer here at Voice America Radio, uses Plume. He tells me his streaming speed has increased for Netflix and online video games because Plume's advanced self-optimization of adaptive Wi-Fi makes sure the areas in his home that use more Internet, guess what? They're given more bandwidth. No more buffering and no more spinning wheel of death. Who wants that? Ryan uses Plume's parental controls to customize them to monitor his very precocious and very smart six-year-old's internet usage. He can customize the rules for her devices, yes, she has devices, to control what she can get on the internet, the kinds of content she can and can't access, and even schedule an internet freeze or a timeout on school nights and family time. And Plume's suite of services include blazing fast, flawless Wi-Fi, advanced cybersecurity for your devices and your whole network, personalized content and parental access controls, and all-new motion detection. How can you get Plume? Let me tell you. They're offering two years of Plume membership to my listeners for 50% off. So instead of $99 a year, you pay $49 a year for two years. And that actually costs to a dollar less than 99 if you do the math because Plume understands this is a tough time for many of our listeners. How do you get there? Go to Plume, P-L-U-M-E dot com slash in the name of this show, Tech Revolution, T-E-C-H-R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N and the discount will be applied at checkout. That's Plume, P-L-U-M-E dot com slash Tech Revolution. And now back to our show. We're talking about the future of the factory of the future and it's time for our prediction segment. And today, if you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with Marty Groover and Derek Dyer, Matthew Stemmler, and Don Young at C5MI and Yash Technologies. And let's go to predictions, Marty. I'm going to start with one of yours, and let's see if we can move around the table. Let's take about 90 seconds each. I'll read a prediction, and let's see what you have to say about it. So Marty's first prediction is... Factories in the future will be smaller and distributed near retail distribution centers based on the Amazon effect. Marty, unpack that for me, please. Well, as we've seen uh, recently in the COVID-19, <laughs> we're not going out to stores, are we? We're, we're getting stuff delivered on our front porch. So I think that the Amazon effect is only going to grow and the ability to promise material will be based on factories that are smaller. For instance, I'll take the mask that everybody's having a problem with now mm-hmm. getting. Instead of having one big factory that can be affected by a lot of different things, and, and I think when you bring that kind of stuff back to the United States for a continent of consumption, we're going to have these smaller factories that are going to be automated, and as the orders come in, it's just going to be automatically dropped in the machine, and they'll start making them and ship them, and they'll go right out, and they'll be right near the distribution center, so there's no long supply chain that you have to worry about getting disrupted. So I really see distributed manufacturing happening in this country and utilizing um, capacity much better to keep uh, to keep the uh, flow of the supply chain. Thank you, Marty. Great prediction. I'm going to go to Derek Dyer's first prediction, and it's a nice segue from Marty to Derek's. Derek told me before the show, he said, U.S. companies will undergo a massive shift to move manufacturing back to the U.S. The recent, and we're still in it, COVID-19 pandemic has exposed the fragility and catastrophic risks of a global supply chain. Derek, please do this prediction for us. What do you see? Yeah, Bonnie, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate we're in the situation we're in with, with COVID, but we've found things in the past that great things typically do come from adversity, and I see this happening here as well. And, and the, one of the buzzwords that's being linked out there is this concept of America 2.0, and I really love the concept of what it means and the opportunities that come with it because, quite frankly, it does tie in with what we're talking about here today. 
Uh, I had the great fortune of working at a, at a large company and, and, and playing a role in manufacturing supply chain. And this concept of globalization, of moving the supply chain to lower cost countries was, was awesome at the time. It really brought about this huge opportunity for, for labor arbitrage, for cost savings. But typically, we never really talked about the other associated risks that came with it. And this has all come front and center now with, with COVID, it just happened literally overnight. Uh, if you look at some of the stats out there, some of the high, high percentages of our pharmaceuticals and medical supplies are coming from uh, the different countries. And, and what we found is these countries were beginning to stop exports. They were taking nationalism over the, you know, the, the priority of, of customer orders and keeping some of these things for internal consumption. So it really brought this risk threshold to, to a higher level of understanding. And, and when I take this back, it, it is going to force some action. And I think as we talk through some of these other conversations today, there's going to be a direct linkage between the America 2.0 and the criticality that Industry 4.0 a will play on that. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Derek. Matthew Stemler, I'm looking at your prediction number one. This is a little bit different and very interesting. You say COVID-19 reinforces ideas are ideas. Let me just read one more sentence and then you can unpack it for us. You say forced isolation has illuminated the fact that we live in a society where technology can be leveraged to be in the same room without even being on the same continent. Yes, 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 yes. Matthew, tell me more. Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. You know, I think everybody can relate to, at some point in their their work history, that need to be seen in the office that you're mm-hmm. you're contributing, and that's really just not not the case anymore. With the technology that we have at our our fingertips, whether it's Zoom, Teams, Skype, Google Meet, you name it, with the Internet of today, you can reach across the globe anywhere and share your ideas, collaborate. And we always say, you know, two heads are better than one. We're really, we're really focusing that. And before, you know, you may have felt that, ooh, I can't be that risk taker that goes out and kind of proves it. Well, now we're all in this kind of group experiment, and we're seeing together that this is really, it's working. Companies are still able to function in their sharing of ideas and, and moving the ball forward. So I think COVID-19, as Derek mentioned good things are going to come out of these trials and tribulations. And one of that is the ability to really work and collaborate from anywhere and get out of the confines of being in a brick and mortar setting. I think it was already coming and now it has been advanced or exacerbated, however we want to put it. Thank you very much, Matthew. Appreciate the optimism. We're looking for optimism today and and you certainly did your share. Thank you. Don Young, number one prediction. I'll read a little bit and then ask you to tell us more. You say, resilience will balance efficiency in manufacturing. For years, large U.S. manufacturers chased low labor rates in Asia and South and Central America to improve their costs. Let's just go from there. Don, what's the full prediction, please? Great, great. Thanks, Bonnie. It is really along the lines of what Marty and Derek talked about. You, you can remember back when automotive really started booming. What they, One of the things that they did was they hired third-party suppliers to actually build facilities close to them so that they would be able to to hold less than six hours worth of inventory. And even computer manufacturers in the U.S. would hold less than two hours of inventory. This just-in-time you know, type of resupplying allowed them to reduce the working capital significantly, obviously showing you know, greater profitability. Part of that trade-off when their supply chain got interrupted, especially a long supply chain, they did not have the capability to recover quickly. And that's what we're seeing today with the pandemic. Uh, whether you're talking about the respirators or whether you're talking about, you know, the the mask or whether you're talking about the ventilators, you can see that our supply chain has backed up. And as we see our economy come back online, I think we're going to see more cracks in our supply chain based on the fact that we focused on this cost efficiency and didn't ensure that we had the resilience that we need to move forward. Uh, again, a lot of businesses were vertically integrated. I don't think we're going to go back to the day when Large manufacturers own the steel mills all the way through to the finished product, but I do see more of this collaboration with continental consumption folks so that you can actually ensure your supply chain for your customers. 
Thank you very much. I'm going to move on to predictions number two. I'm looking for a quote here. Uh, Marty, I'm going to look at your prediction number four, but let me read a quip from Warren Bennis, and this, this relates. I think you know where I'm going with this, Marty. Here's a quote. The factory of the future will have only two employees, a man and a dog. The man will be there to feed the dog. The dog will be there to keep the man from touching the equipment. I'm sorry. I had to do that, Marty. <laughs> I love that quote. I usually you- say the dog's there to bite the man. <laughs> so, so let me read your prediction number four, the official one you sent me. Factories will only require a handful of people, you didn't say animals, to run them due to automation. And those people will know how to manufacture and repair the system. So, Marty, why don't you take about 60 seconds and tell me what you intended before I interrupted you with some mirth here. Go ahead. No, I love that quote. I use it all the time. Absolutely. Uh, well, one, we already have a gap of 2 million people by 2023 or something like that, that we won't be able to fill the jobs in manufacturing. People just don't want to work in manufacturing. Millennials, it's just not what they want to do. And, and manufacturing's kind of got a bad connotation. I think in the future, what you're going to see is because of this automation, you're going to need less people to run it. But there's not going to be people that just run the machine and then people that repair it. I think what you're going to see is a hybrid of a, a very smart person. The skills are going to change. And they're going to have to know not only how the manufacturing process works, but if they have to repair it, the system's going to tell them, obviously, hey, go pull this out and change Mm -hmm. this out or something. But they're going to have to know both things because you're just not going to have that many people. They call them dark factories. And I really see this uh, coming online here in the future. It's it's only 10 years away at, at most. It'll start happening. Thank you very much, and thank you for letting me insert that. It just was bubbling, and I think I knew it by heart, but I I couldn't remember what the man was supposed to do other than feed the dog, and that was all there was. Derek Derek Dyer, let's go to your prediction number two. This is interesting. Industry 4.0, and you put in parentheses I-I-O-T. That's Industrial Internet of Things, and I think somebody called it the Internet of the Day a few minutes ago. Uh, I-I-O-T will be required for manufacturing companies to survive, and here's the Dyer prediction. Those who choose to wait and see will no longer exist. Talk to me about the shortage of workers for U.S. manufacturers. Derek? Yeah, Bonnie, this is just a follow-up to what Marty shared. Uh, By 2025, there's an estimated shortage of 2.3 million workers for U.S. manufacturing alone. And and this was really the the, the primary reason why we decided to start C5MI, because we saw this need to push what we call intelligent automation into manufacturing. This is not about uh, replacing the human element with robots. It's about this symbiotic relationship between automation and the people that will be left working in the factories. And ultimately, with, with this, this intelligent automation, we see this as a, as a tremendous opportunity to begin to leverage uh, the technology that's there. The technology is real today. We've seen it work. And, and we, we believe that for some companies to succeed and with this ongoing uh, kind of uh, beginning uh, concept of America 2.0, it's going to be completely built on this foundation of Industry 4.0. The, the biggest message here, Bonnie, is, is, is we firmly believe that Industry 4.0 is real. And as you talked about in your intro in one of your quotes, uh, this is not some sort of a utopian concept, mm-hmm. but it's reality. It's here today. And uh, we think that this is the wave of the future for, for manufacturing companies to survive. Thank you very much. Matthew, I'm going to ask you to give me a 90-second pause here because I have another sponsor to welcome today. And then we'll get to your more of your predictions, Matthew, and then Don. So we're welcoming back ExpressVPN. We introduced them on the show last week, and here we are again. Let me give you a little information here. Being stuck at home these days, uh-huh, you probably don't think much about Internet privacy on your own home network. Do you believe that if you fire up incognito mode on your browser, no one can see what you're doing? Well, that's wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear your browsing history, uh-uh. Your ISP, Internet Service Provider, can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why it's smart to never go online, even at home, without using ExpressVPN. That's all one word. ExpressVPN, make sure your ISP cannot 
not see what sites you visit. Instead, your Internet connection is rerouted through their secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users, which means everything you do is anonymized and it cannot be traced back to you. It also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected, and that's what you want. Use the Internet with confidence from your computer, your tablet, your smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device Tap one button and bingo, you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and others. So to protect your online activity today with the VPN I trust to secure my privacy, visit my special link at ExpressVPN, that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash TechRev, that's short for this show, T-E-C-H-R-E-V. And guess what? You get an extra three months free when you purchase a one-year package. That's EXPRESSVPN.com slash TechRev, T-E-C-H-R-E-V. Go there to learn more. And thank you to ExpressVPN. And now let's continue with our predictions. I'm scrolling back down my humongous set of notes here, and I'm going to you, Matthew Stemmler, and let's see what we've got. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to go with your prediction number two. This is something we haven't specifically talked about. You say the future of manufacturing will be quantitative versus qualitative. Go ahead, Matthew. What does this all mean? Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. Um, so really, coming with that, you know, factory of the future, and we, we touched on this, how do you get in the moment? So that omnipresent, condition-based monitoring tools. So the workforce of the future will be able to be based, uh, judged on their quantitative results instead of qualitative. It's kind of akin to a, a baseball card. I wasn't very good at baseball, uh, but I I did play and collected cards. And, you know, you flip that card over on the back, and whether it's Ken Griffey Jr. or Jose Canseco, and maybe that's not a great example there, but you can see everything, right? What what quantifies a good baseball player in terms of, like, hitting, slugging, home runs, stolen bases? That same type of thing will be able to be applied to, to manufacturing. You'll be able to understand the quality the person is creating. The, uh, the production numbers, uh, safety, how are they trained, all those things will really help everybody get a fair shake when it comes to being evaluated, whether that be for merit increases or promotion opportunities. Because in today's manufacturing, much like in a lot of school systems, you may have you know one supervisor, one teacher, 20, 30, 40 individuals. They're either trying to educate or manage effectively, and that just can't realistically be done without the help of technology. And that's really where it's going to come in and help make everything quantitative and level that playing field. Thank you very much. Sounds great. Don Young, I'm looking at prediction number two. Let's see what this is. You say the continent of consumption approach to manufacturing will be revisited. Let me read a little more. For years, the drive for globalization and manufacturing has led the U.S. to outsource many products to the lowest cost producers. I'll stop there. Don Young, unpack, please. Great. Thanks again, Bonnie. So let let me just talk about the U.S. and and our strategy. Today, the strategy for U.S. manufacturing is really held by private and public companies. There is really no one that's driving the helm. I'm hoping that this, you know, with the COVID uh, crisis, that Peter Navarro, who's today the the director of trade manufacturing policy for the current administration, really gets involved here. Back in 2011, when you look at Germany, They created Industry 4.0, and they said, how are we going to automate our factories in the future? How are we going to maintain our our global leader position? And then you look at China. China has a strategy back that they launched in 2020. So from 2020 right now to 2025, their strategy was to go from 40% in-country content to their products to 70% content. The next one is they just launched not not too many years ago in 2015. They came back and said, hey, by 2015, we no longer want to be the global source for low-quality cost items. So we want to be a consumer of them ourselves. We want to produce for ourselves so that the consumption, but we don't want to produce for the world. What we want to produce for the world is these high-quality items. So Mm -hmm. when I look at it, it needs to be revisited, but we need to take it on board now with covid we need to take that on board and make sure that we are a global leader here in the U.S. with manufacturing. And again, I think the administration, specifically Peter Navarro, must take this on. If not, 
then it's really going to be up to us as public and private companies to, to bring that back to the U.S. Thank you very much. Let's go another round of predictions. We've got more time. Marty Groover, I'm looking at prediction number two. Let's do this one, if you like. You say, in the future, entire supply chains will have a digital twin, and the chain will automatically plan the flow based on demand and capacity. Is this here already, Marty, or is this still a prediction? What do you think? I think it's still a prediction. The digital twin's not there. There's an illusion of it through Amazon, but... (laughs) It's mm-hmm. not there. It's done through a lot of uh, holding inventory. But in the future, and we've, and we've seen this with the COVID, we're going to need to know where everything is in our supply chain from the iron ore all the way through the process and know how long it's been there and when it's going to get to us to really drive efficiency and productivity. And I think the capability of tools like blockchain, enterprise blockchain, will allow us to have that active ledger of where that material is all the way through the different supply chains so that it will automatically be able to self-compensate, meaning it understands what it needs and it automatically starts driving changes in the supply chain without a man in the loop. And that's going to be critical because once we take humans out of the loop, those, those uh, processes are now just based on math and doctrine that we build in those systems. Those will be the uh, intelligent systems that we talk about that will automatically make sure that we never run out of anything. And Marty, that always brings up the question, will people have jobs? But that's a whole other show, so we won't yeah, go there right now. We go. won't. Right. I think so too, but we won't go there right now. Let me go to Derek. Prediction number three, this is interesting. Derek Dyer predicts increased adoption of Industry 4.0 capabilities, listen up everyone, will very quickly shine the light on bad business processes and poor execution. Ooh, Derek, spotlight on stuff that isn't good. How will we know it isn't good? Who's shining that spotlight? Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, one of the one of the most painful lessons that we've learned uh, doing this over the last few years is a lot of people, a lot of companies are, are maybe smitten on the technology. If I buy this, uh, my problems will go away. And ultimately, what we found is if you try to apply digital or, or new technology to a crappy process, you just have now a more expensive crappy digital process. And you could hide in today's manufacturing. You could really honestly uh, work outside the system. I think probably the, the largest system of choice for many companies today continues to be Excel, working outside of the system of record to do the job. And you can hide inventory. You can hide these things. So you can, you can sometimes mask mm-hmm. poor quality. And it comes down to just the adherence of solid foundation of, of solid processes and then holding the people, your employees, accountable to execute those processes. With the application, with this intelligent automation, the application of technology, uh, there's no more hiding. It's going to be right there in real time that if someone is working outside of the bounds of the system, trying to exploit maybe some edges outside the technology, it's just going to stop. Uh, And uh, this is not a bad thing, quite frankly. I mean, we've seen uh, when you use these technologies appropriately, you can actually increase your quality and productivity to double-digit percentage gains. So this is just the reality, is that the ways of manufacturing in the past of of maybe just kind of pushing it out the back door, uh, those are probably likely limited, and the technology will enable us to to drive a little bit better foundation. But once again, it has to be built on these these concepts of, of solid business processes and solid execution. Thank you very much. Matthew Stemmler, I'm looking at prediction number three. What I'm interested in is the second half of it, but I'll read the, I'll read both parts. First, you say the future of manufacturing will be global. Multinational corporations will still exist, global, but they will be have, they will have more geographical footprints across the markets, local they serve, to be more adaptive and agile to not only serve current customer needs, but service their future needs. But here's the, the part I'd really like you to focus on, Matthew. You say, Companies that can also tap into their why, W-H-Y, will perform far superior to competitors that do not as sustainability and purpose continue to move up in importance. So let's talk about that sustainability and purpose. That's been a big buzzword attributed to millennials, but I don't think they just need to be the only ones who are talking about that. Matthew, what do you see? Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. And you know, I think uh, if anybody's familiar with Simon Sinek and the Golden Circle, the the why this, this is really where where I see it coming. And we've, as you said, mentioned the whole concept of local and bringing manufacturing back closer to where the consumption 
but also with that, I think as, you know, again, COVID-19 as, as the tipping point, people are starting to understand their impact, not only on themselves, but each other, their environment. And, and so, that, again, there's going to be a more of a, a thought process and, and really uh, intended thought on why we are doing things, why we are purchasing things. So people are going to start to align more with their values in all facets of their of their lives. And the companies mm-hmm. that will be able to articulate their whys to then get people to buy in and say, hey, yeah, that's exactly what I think too, they will perform better than the ones that are just out there with the flashy, you know, on sale now or, or the features. It's going to go beyond just the features. Yes, those will be table stakes, but also the why is going to become critically important. Thank you. I, I'm very glad you brought that up. That value, that value system, the people part. We're talking about technology and Industry 4.0, and it has to come down to who is going to buy the goods that are being produced and why would they buy from your company? And it remains to be seen what companies are still standing. I read the business news today. Oh, my. Let's move on to prediction number three from Don Young. And, Don, this is very interesting. I didn't think I'd see this one here. You say PowerPoint will become obsolete in top-performing businesses and all I can do is share a sigh of relief Don so I don't care what your business is I don't care I I once had a manager tell me I won't tell you where I was working but Marty knows where and a manager said to me I will never go anywhere with my career if I don't learn how to color code my PowerPoint slides and put in better better colors in the headlines and use more graphics and she told me I needed a tutorial I swear I needed I needed a tutorial in how to make a pretty PowerPoint. And I just, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I know we talk about spreadsheets going out of, stop with the spreadsheets. I mentioned that in, in departments of finance and the CFO teams, but I don't think I've seen this. And I, I was so excited when I saw this. So, Don, what does this mean? PowerPoint will become obsolete. And all I can say is, thank God. Go ahead. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Bonnie, we've all spent our, our time as PowerPoint jockeys. So uh, we uh. all know the game very, very well. You know, the problem with that, and, I, and probably the, the, a great way to describe it, if you've ever read the book, uh, The Five Dysfunction of the Team with Patrick Lencioni, he talks about having transparency and having that constructive conflict. The problem when the executive office or senior management ask you to go out and bring the data of what's going in a team and bring us a PowerPoint presentation what they do is send a small army of individuals to race out there, collect all the information, and then the people between senior management and the folks who are pulling the information together massage the data to make sure that they get to maintain the current position they have and to tell a story. I'm not saying they're trying to misrepresent the data, but they always tell it in a light that makes sure that they continue to maintain the position they have. Instead, we have to be open. We have to be transparent. And the only way we can do that in a factory is really merging that IT and OT and bring that data to the surface so that not just one or two or three people know what's really wrong. The whole team knows what the issues are so that we can attack them as a team and actually resolve them and get on to increasing our our productivity, being efficient and effective, reducing the cost, and get the business results that inevitably everybody wants. Thank you very much, everybody. Marty, I have a great big thank you to you for assembling such a stellar panel. This has been wonderful. We're just about out of time, but I have a couple of messages to share here. I'm going to do my calls to action for our advertisers, and then I'll chat with Don very briefly again about the upcoming Tech Talk for Managing the New Normal with Yash Technologies and C5MI, and then I'll do my final thank you. So let me just remind everybody, it's very easy for you to subscribe to Plume. That's P-L-U-M-E. Plume is offering two years of membership to my listeners, my listeners, for 50% off, actually 50% off minus a dollar. So instead of paying $99 a year, you pay $49 a year for two years because Plume understands this is a tough time for a lot of people around the world. Go to plume.com slash tech revolution and the discount will be applied at checkout. My discount. So P-L-U-M-E dot com slash tech revolution. I will spell it T-E-C-H-R-E-V-O L-U-T-I-O-N and call to action for our other wonderful sponsor today, ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today with the VPN that we trust here to secure our privacy. Visit my special link at ExpressVPN.com 
com slash tech rev and get three extra months free on a one-year package let me spell it for you everybody loves to hear me spell i love my alphabet com slash tech rev t-e-c-h-r-e-v expressvpn.com slash tech rev to learn more and now don let's just quickly review starting on may 6th for four consecutive wednesdays live here on the business channel we will be broadcasting tech talk for managing the new normal with Yash and C5. And just, Don, why don't you just give us another quick reminder of who's going to be on those webinars and how people can get a ticket. So, Don Young, I'm going to give you 90 seconds. What do you want to share with us? Great, Bonnie. First of all, Bonnie, thank you again for having us on your panel for TechRev. Really, really enjoyed it. I know that I'm I'm looking forward to hearing back from uh, our clients out there. A lot of them are listening in today to, to really hear uh, what we were going to say and, and understand how that applies to their business even further. What, what you're going to be able to listen to for the month of May on, on every Wednesday is really hear from our experts, not just from the panel you're hearing from today, but we'll also bring in some experts in the infrastructure space, really in that digital workplace. We're going to bring a guy on board to Praveen is just an absolute genius in some of the things he's doing to drive business value. Uh, we're also going to bring some of our AMS team and talk about, you know, enterprise application support with AMS and how to go to that next gen there. Uh, but how you get a hold of us, you can either reach out to me on LinkedIn, which is Don Young. If you just look up COO of Yash Technologies, you'll find it there. Or reach me at Donald, D-O-N-A-L-D dot Young, Y-O-U-N-G, at Yash, Y-A-S-H dot com. And we'll direct you in that to the uh, information to make sure that you're able to attend. But again, Bonnie, thank you goes to you. Thank you for having these things to think about manufacturing. Sometimes, you know, manufacturing is not that sexy thing it used to be, and people overlook it. But I think now today, especially with this COVID crisis, we will reemerge as a global leader in manufacturing from everything that may be considered a low-cost item like that mask all the way to the things we already manufacture in great automobiles and, and great tech equipment. So thank you again, Bonnie. Thank you, Don. My pleasure. And I want to say to all of you, I remember a couple of years ago on, uh, I think it, I did a, a show for SAP called The Future of Manufacturing with Game Changers. And that's what we focused on. And I remember somebody saying that in the old days, you might say, oh, my kid, my son, my daughter, mostly my son, works in a factory. It's it's a drudge job and they're long hours. I mentioned that in my opening. You know, let's get away from the old, dirty, smoky factory that was a, a, a bad place to work. And then, uh, and then they said that nowadays with so much technology that people are proud to say, my child works in a factory because of all the great tech. So it certainly has come a long way. I want to thank Marty Groover. Marty, you assembled a fabulous panel today. Really, my honor to speak with all of you. Derek Dyer, can't wait to welcome you on Tech Talk by Yash and C5MI. Matthew Stemmler, such a pleasure to meet you. And Don Young, you can do an ad online with on live on radio with me anytime. You are really great. I have to do a shout out to Ryan Treasure at Voice America, my co-producer, and Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire. He's the young man with nerves of steel. He's going to be old before his time working with me. Thank you for tuning in to Technology Revolution, the future of now. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And remember, the future of now did not happen yet. Don't let anybody tell you it's already here. The future that's here was yesterday's future. We're all going to work together to make today's future happen. And you're an important part of it. My message in this COVID pandemic climate, be safe, be smart, be well. Signing off. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. 